The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to a Pawn Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of Upon Further Review brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And fall, the autumn wind, I suppose, has arrived here in Las Vegas, and energy is high. Everyone's feeling good. The Raiders took care of business on Sunday against the Houston Texans, beating them 38-20. to And life is just a little bit better after a W. You know what I mean? I've said this before. You're a little bit taller after a win. You know, dinners taste a little bit better. You're a little bit faster. Maybe you get that extra, that extra rep in the gym. Things are just better after you win. So like I said, energy is high here in the building. There's a lot of excitement as the team gets ready to go on a little road trip here. Back-to-back games on the East Coast, beginning with the New Orleans Saints this upcoming Sunday, and then wrapping up in Jacksonville the following Sunday. But we have a lot to get to. We'll talk about New Orleans. We'll talk about the Texans. We'll talk about all that. We have a great guest lined up for today as well. Andre James, really, in my opinion, one of the unsung heroes of this Raiders team in 2022 is set to join us. I mean, you look at what Andre has done, and yeah, I know he missed that that one game uh, when he was in the protocol there, but I mean, this is a guy who has been as consistent as consistent can be, and for a dude who we still <clears throat> who we still view, I should say, as, as kind of a young player, and he very much is a young player, I mean, you look at this offensive line now, and Andre's got to take on that leadership role. He has been steady. He has done what he's had to do. I think he's done a fantastic job kind of building up some of these younger members of the offensive line. You look at at Dylan Parham. You look at Thayer Mumford, who we've seen a lot more in the past couple weeks. And Andre just quietly goes about his business, even keel, uh, just doing his thing. And, And really, I think one of the big reasons why this team, specifically in the ground game, has been so effective the past couple of weeks. But we will sit down with Andre in just a few minutes. We'll play that interview with you, or excuse me, with him, I should say. But before all that, we begin, as we always do, with our drum roll, please. Transactions, brought to you by Shift4 Payments. Uh, and I hope you guys are sitting down because we have a lot of transactions this week. Friendly reminder, the NFL trading deadline is next week. And we see, spoiler alert, a little action on the roster for the silver and black, courtesy of Dave Ziegler and company. But going in chronological order, as we always do, the Raiders have made the following moves since last week. On October 21st, they activated cornerback Anthony Averett and wide receiver DJ Turner from the reserve injured list, released Albert Wilson, also released fan favorite Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy, from the practice squad, and activated cornerback Javelin Guidry from the practice squad. Then, two days later, on October 23rd, they signed the aforementioned Albert Wilson back to the practice squad, uh, and cornerback Javelin Guidry reverted to the practice squad. The very next day, and this will be one of our first headlines as we get ready to dive into the uh, this episode, or excuse me, this week's episode, 
On October 24th, the Silver and Black acquired a 2023 sixth-round pick from the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins and a 2024 seventh-round pick. They also signed tackle Sebastian Gutierrez to the practice squad and released Javelin Guidry from the practice squad. And then just yesterday, on October 26th, as we record this on a Thursday morning, Las Vegas Raiders signed tackle Jackson Barton to the active roster and signed defensive tackle Kyle Pico and cornerback Bryce Cosby to the practice squad. So a lot going on. Like I said, no shortage of moves on the, on the Raiders roster, especially at this point of the year. Which leads us into our first headline as we get ready to look ahead to not only the trade deadline, but the, uh, the, the Silver and Blacks game against the New Orleans Saints this upcoming Sunday. Jonathan Hankins, you heard it in the transactions. Mr. Hankins, no longer a member of the Silver and Black, now currently residing in Big D in Dallas for America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, an interesting move for a variety of reasons. Those of you have, who've been rocking us, rocking with us for a while will know that Mr. Hankins joined the team in 2018. The big defensive tackle appeared in 66 games and made 61 starts. And really for, you know, that those last couple of years in Oakland and, you know, the first couple of years here in Las Vegas, just a, a consistent figure in the middle of that defensive line. I mean, it was just week in, week out. You just kind of penciled in that big time Hank was going to be there doing his thing. And, and you look back on his career as a Raider, and we, and we play this game all the time when, when, uh, when guys either get traded or are cut, retire, whatever it may be. And it's a simple thumbs up or thumbs down for his Raiders career. And I think with Hankins, I think it's a, it's a, it's a thumbs up. You know, the stats are not going to blow you away, but I don't think he was ever brought here to be kind of that stat sheet stuffer kind of guy. Uh, he is a mammoth of a man. He was really stout in the run game. He had his moments getting after the quarterback, and now we wish him well as he as he takes on the next chapter of his career in Dallas and in the NFC. And, you know, it's, it was interesting to me, and I forget which media member asked the question. I'll have to go back and, and look at the transcript. But they essentially asked, like, they asked Coach McDaniels the other day, they said, hey, was the Hankins move kind of because of the way the young defensive tackles, uh, mostly Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell, have been playing? And, and Coach, I think, gave a really interesting answer. He said, you know, I don't know if he's like, I don't know if it's necessarily fair to, you know, call it a, a one for one equation, you know, because X happened, then Y happened. And in this case, Y being uh, the trade of Jonathan Hankins. And, and he just brought up the fact that, you know, look, there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, Dave Ziegler and his staff, particularly over the next call it four or five days, are going to be really, really busy trying to do the best they can to improve this roster. And I think that we, we are seeing that now, and we've seen it firsthand now with, with Jonathan in, in Dallas. And so, like I said, a, a very interesting move. I think that, the, you know, at least from our position, understanding like, hey, we're not in those coaching meetings. We're certainly not with Dave and his scouts when they're going, doing their thing. But a few weeks ago when, when Big Time Hank was a healthy scratch, you kind of scratch your head a little bit and say, huh, okay, like perhaps something to keep an eye on, something to note as we get closer to the trade deadline. And lo and behold, Hank is now a member of the Dallas Cowboys. But as we do with all of our guys, you know, Jonathan was so good to us, especially when he would resign. He would come in and, and he would chat and Certainly not the biggest talker, but a guy who I think have a, had a really good kind of insight into the game, and a guy who, like I said, when when we asked him for things, was always a was always a yes. So we appreciate Jonathan, uh, and we wish him well in the next chapter of his journey, per usual, unless he plays the Las Vegas Raiders. But you know, going back to what we saw on Sunday which turns out to be Jonathan Hankins' final game in silver and black. The Raiders took care of business and beat the Houston Texans 38-20 to in a game that I think when you look at that final score, 
a bit deceiving, and I mean that in a good way, because you look at that at that game, and it was a back-and-forth game, and really the first three quarters were just a slugfest. Who can run the ball more? Who can be more effective controlling the line of scrimmage? And the Raiders are actually losing headed into the fourth quarter. But then all of a sudden, they have an offensive explosion scoring 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter to, to beat the Texans, like I said, 38-20, to 20, and getting a win when they needed it most. Getting a win when they absolutely had to have it. Uh, the Silver and Black now 2-4 and four going into New Orleans this week, going into a tough place to play. I mean, I've been to the, uh, I've been to the Superdome or whatever they're calling it down there now, I think twice maybe? Definitely, definitely more than once. So probably twice, but I mean, that place gets rocking. It's going to be Halloween in New Orleans. So that's going to be a whole nother set of, uh, of, uh, you know, crowd energy and crowd, whatever you want to call it, that the Raiders are going to have to deal with Sunday morning. Friendly reminder too, it's a 10 a.m. game. I know my man Ray behind the glass there isn't in love with the fact that we're getting up bright and early, but as our resident old man and, and early riser, I'm, uh, I'm pretty stoked about that, but all the same going to be a tough place for the Raiders to play and and you just you're at the point now where you say hey they handled business on Sunday Josh Jacobs who we will get to in just a second was a machine a man amongst boys out there but now you look and say okay you got one technically you have two you handled business on Sunday at home you have two consecutive road games now you're spending the week in the east coast you're going to spend the week in Florida before uh, taking on the Jags not this Sunday but the following Sunday and I think that there's a narrative out there. And look, we've fallen victim to it too, where you say, okay, first quarter of the season was rough. We all knew it was going to be tough. You look at the schedule, you look at the, the teams that you're going to play, it's going to be a tough go. But do things let up a little bit? You know, oh, you know, these teams might not, might not have the firepower that the teams the first quarter, the first quarter of the year did. And, and I think I just want to counsel everyone to, to kind of pump the brakes on that a little bit. Well, pump the brakes a lot on that. Raiders are two and four. They still have a lot of opportunities in front of them, but they got to make the most of those opportunities. And it is not easy to win in the NFL. We see that every week, week after week after week. And I think this year, in particular, we've seen that even more, where you look at, at some of the scores across the, uh, the NFL each week, and you're like, oh my God, like this team beat that team, or this team got blown out by that team, or you know, Team X has lost three or four. Like This year, we have seen how competitive every single game in the NFL is. We have. And so I think it does everyone a disservice to, quote, look ahead. Hey, this is a great time for the Raiders to make a run. Oh, they're figuring out the right time, yada, yada, yada. Like I said, I caution against that. And I can tell you what, everyone in this building is not focused on, on, on the Jags or the Colts when they get back from, from the road trip. They're focused on the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, who have a fantastic defense, who have a legitimate top, or excuse me, uh, offense, I should say, who have a legitimate top five offense. Andy Dalton's going to get the nod under center uh, this upcoming Sunday. But they're a team that is explosive. They can do a lot of things. You got Alvin Kamara, you got Taysom Hill, you have all these guys. Doesn't matter who they seem to throw out there in 2022. They're putting up yards, they're scoring points, and the Raiders' defense is going to have a huge challenge in front of them, especially on the road in that place that is tough to play. No easy task. No easy task at all. So like I said, I just caution everyone that's looking, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to go 2 and 0 on this road trip or we're going to win 3 or 4 or whatever. Is it is there a chance that the Raiders do that? Absolutely there is. Are we all hoping that's the case? 100%. And I know that it's not the easiest thing to do. I totally get that. 
but I just caution you guys, take a breath, focus on what's ahead of us in the short term. Like when the team, when, when the Raiders kind of started their season in a way that was, I think we can all agree, suboptimal, when we were talking to, to our friend Will Compton, a.k.a. Playoff Willie, he said, look, don't even think about the playoffs. Don't even think about win the division. Don't even think about that. Don't worry about any of that. Focus on getting one win. The Raiders got one. Now they have two. But I think Will's mindset, Will's message still holds up. Focus on the next one. Don't worry about what's going to happen in late November. Don't worry about what's going to happen the, the closer we get to Thanksgiving. Focus on what you, you got right in front of you. And this week, the Raiders have a road game against the New Orleans Saints, and they're going to have to bring their absolute A game to, to kind of handle business and to start this road trip off all right. But one guy who has brought his A game in really, I mean, I think every game of 2022, but is just playing out of his mind right now, is just in another stratosphere, another world of orbit, another universe, is Josh Jacobs. He finishes his game Sunday against the Houston Texans, 20 carries, 143 yards, three tutties, not one, not two, three. And the man has been incredible. And really, like I said, we talked about Andre kind of being an unsung hero for, you know, what the Raiders want to do offensively. Josh has been the in the headlights, the, you know, the, the neon signs of Las Vegas, the hero, the engine of this Raiders offense the past month. And it was, I mean, for a guy that has been so good, and I, I think it's, as crazy as it sounds, I think Josh has kind of flown under the radar on a national level for, for you know, big parts of his career. To have Josh get his moment in the sun, man, has been awesome to watch. And, like, he is playing, like I said, he has taken what was already a very effective, efficient game. He has taken it to another level. And if the Raiders want to handle business on Sunday, on the road, he's going to have to do it again. He really is. Because, like I said, man, the Saints offense is dynamic. It's explosive. They have the ability to put up a lot of points. And I say all the time, like, you, you can go one of two ways, right? You can say, hey... Let's go toe-to-toe. Let's put up 55 points. Let's do, you know, go five wide and just get weird, which I would love, obviously. That, you wouldn't hear complaints out of me. But you look at what the Raiders have done in 2022, and they've been successful. They've almost kind of done the opposite of that, right, where they've controlled the line of scrimmage, they've been methodical on how they've attacked the defense, and they've let Josh do his thing. I think one of the most interesting kind of numbers, and, you know, tidbits from Sunday's game against the Texas, Texans as far as Josh is concerned his longest run was 15 yards. That's wild. I mean, sometimes you think about, you know, you, a guy puts up a, a crazy stat line like that, and you're like, oh, well, he had, you know, he had two, he had two runs that were 30-plus or two runs that were 40-plus. He had a 50 and a 24. Like, no. Josh, his longest run was 15 yards, and this dude still averaged north of seven yards a carry, which is insane against an NFL defense. I don't care if you're the number one defense or the number 32 defense. That is nuts to go seven plus yards per carry after touching the rock 20 times. And they're going to need it again. The Raiders are going to have to have that type of effort to, to knock off the Saints. And I think that, you know, Josh is certainly more than capable of doing that. 100% he's capable of doing that. But now I'm excited to see him take the show on the road, head east, long plane ride, all the, you know, all the NFL cliches that we talk about, right? That's what this game is going to be. Tough environment for the Raiders. And it'll be very, very interesting to see how they respond. But like I said, I think after what we saw on Sunday against the Texans, if you're a fan of the team, you got to be optimistic. you but got to be feeling good. You have to be confident 
that that the big fellows up front, speaking of Andre James coming up in just a sec, but the big fellows up front are going to do what they need to do to give Josh room to work, that Derek Carr is going to be able to work off of that, get the play action rolling, get Devontae Adams involved. We saw Darren Waller return to practice yesterday, his status for Sunday's game TBD, but getting all the weapons involved, that's what we want to see. But it all starts with number 28. It all starts with J-squared, baby. It all starts with the Raiders. The Raiders lead back from the University of Alabama. And one guy that has been helping Josh in a huge way, segue, our man Andre James. Andre, good enough to come hang out with us. A very, as you can imagine, tightly scheduled week, a lot going on in this building. So we appreciate Andre coming to hang out with us. Uh, And without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Andre James. And we're very excited to be hanging out with our guy, Andre James. And Andre, first of all, I think we just look back at, let's call it the last month for what Josh has been doing uh, from that from that running back position. Like, what do you guys as a line see, think, feel when you're like, oh, 28's in the zone today? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You can see it just in the, in the way he uh, prepares out through, throughout the week. And, uh, you know, it, it gives us like a sense of, you know, we got we to get out and do this. You know, not, not just for him, but... Uh, for, for the whole team. And he takes on that approach, like I said, every week. And it, it gets the whole team motivated and fired up. So it's awesome blocking for a guy like that. What's he like in, in the huddle? I mean, we've heard, you know, we kind of know what, what Derek's like in the huddle. We've heard from so many people say, you know, what his kind of demeanor is like. But when yeah. Josh is like fully, you know, locked in and is literally running the ball at a historic clip for this franchise, which is pretty incredible to think about how long this team's been around. But like, what is he like when you get into the huddle? The man, just laser-like focus. You know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a definition of a, a competitor. You know, uh, you can feel his energy, whether he's quiet or not, but you, you can definitely feel him his presence in the huddle. You know, one thing I, I thought was pretty cool, going rewatching the game from Sunday and obviously looking at the stats and, and all that, the only thing that really stood out to me, so Josh goes like 140-plus on the ground, right? But his longest run was 15 yards. <laughs> so for you guys as an offensive line, like the entire collective, like that just has to feel really good in the sense of like he didn't have one, he didn't get loose once, right? Yep. But we as a group consistently went chunk after chunk and I mean I I imagine for an offensive lineman that's got to be the dream right oh yeah no doubt it's awesome to have a get some confidence in the running game being able to get it called you know that gives us confidence having coach be able to call the run after again and again so you know those first couple series you know you might get uh three or four yards but you know as the game goes on you start leaning on them those those four those four yard gains start to turn into eight yards they turn into 10 yards 12 yards and, and that's just how it is it's it's hard for a defense to take a to take that over and over again, and that's you know that's what we're trying to do, just develop that uh, pounding round game. Can you guys, as a, as a line, like as a collective, like five big fellows up front, can you feel that as the game goes on? Like, hey, this defensive line is starting. We're starting to wear on them a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. As the game goes on, you you can feel start to lean on people, and, and you know that's what you want. It's it's never going to be perfect, but uh, you, you just keep you just keep working at it. You keep you keep running the ball, and you know having a guy like Josh back there, it's, you know, he makes it easy. You know, one thing I think that's been really interesting about, you know, you look at the, the collective of the big fellows up front this year, and I think, and I mean this in a good way, people think that you are a lot older and have played a lot more football. <laughs> they think you're like, oh, he's a 12-year veteran. Like, no, that's not that's not really the case. But, you know, when you look at the, the young guys in particular, the younger guys, I should say, but you look at a guy like Thayer, you look at, at Dylan, dudes that have come in and played a lot of reps, Dylan, you know, kind of all over that offensive line. What have you seen from them in the early goings of their career in Silver and Black? Yeah, I'm super proud of them, man. It's, it's been awesome. We, we, we've had some shuffling go around on this uh, the offensive line, but uh, I, we feel like we're we got a pretty solid uh, base of what we got going now, and just getting comfortable now. You know, just getting comfortable about how we want to how we want to work in those positions. Uh, you know, next to each other, 
But, uh, I mean, these rookies have poured everything they have into it. it it's, it's really awesome to see. I'm super proud of them. Um, it, it's awesome to see how they work. It, it pushes me and it pushes the rest of the guys, you know, when they come in and they're, they're doing extra. And, it's, you know, it's like uh, you want to keep doing more than what they're doing. So it's awesome. I'm proud of them. Does, uh, does Dylan call you sir? Because we had him up here and we had him up here in the, uh, in the studio yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And I, I, at one point I was like, listen, man, I know you're, I know you're trying to be polite here, but I'm not that much older than you. But it's, I mean, he's, he's a super respectful, super yep. polite dude who's like yep, no clearly doubt. doing everything right. But like, that's somebody like, listen, man, I'm, I'm not that old, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's an awesome rookie, man. I mean, he, he came in like that and, uh, you know, he's, he's super respectful and uh, yeah, that's how he's been since day one. You know, he's a good rookie. He keeps uh, the snacks in the O-line room and... Uh, there's no no complaints from him. What's the uh, what's the order like a typical order for the O line to, to put in for the rookies to grab you guys food? Oh man, um, see usually Friday mornings we either get a Chick fil A breakfast with them or uh, we'll either get a, a Mama Bird's breakfast. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll either do that or sometimes if it's an away game we'll do uh, plane food. So we'll get the pl- we'll get the food and we'll have them bring it to the plane. We can eat on the plane. So let me ask you this: logistically speaking, like, let's say we're going to do Chick Fil A tomorrow, right? So does Dylan or Thayer or insert rookie here? Do they have to put that on the old debit card or is or is oh, that yeah. they're not expensing that? Are they? Oh no, that that <laughs> that, that goes on on uh, whatever they're getting signed to. I know. Yeah, they were some pretty high picks. So uh, <laughs> being like me, a guy who was undrafted, it was, it was kind of hard my first year. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think they know uh, they know them by now at Chick Fil A. That's good. <laughs> they know, know them by face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talked about this old line just having a chance to grow, and, and you we brought up the shuffling, and you know, it's something coaches talked about a lot, uh, talked about a lot, and really everyone's kind of kind of spoken about it and, and trying to find that that best five, right? Mm-hmm. And coach talks about finding the guys that deserve a chance to go out there and play. Like when you look at at where the group is now compared to where you were week one, I mean, what do you think the biggest difference is from the way that you guys were playing, you know, way back in September to now? You know, uh, I feel like just dialing into you know what we have to do with the technique aspect is has been a big part, and just understanding the concept of what we're doing more. You know, at first it's it's it was a new offense. You know, we weren't we understood you know some of the combination blocks, but. A lot of it is understanding where the ball wants to go. So, I mean, that's that has been a big aspect of what I think has helped out the run game, uh, understanding where Josh wants to hit it and how we can leverage our blocks, you know, to, to help that. And I imagine, like, especially for the offensive line, knowing or having to know everything that's going to be happening, you know, plan A, B, C, D, all the way down to plan Z. Like, I feel like a lot of what you guys are asked to do is, is almost be fortune tellers, in a sense, and be like, okay, like, if this happens, then we're going to do this. And and I imagine, like, especially like you said, with a new offense, it takes a little bit of time to get comfortable and, and to fully understand you know what all those contingency plans are yeah it definitely it takes a lot of uh, studying a lot of preparation in the week uh, we have awesome coaches that give us great breakdowns you know they they, they gr- they're going to install the best play they can to put us in the best position you know and that's what they definitely do each week so my hat goes off to them I always we always feel confident as a as a room and, and as a whole offense that they're going to put us in the be- best position so uh, there, there's a lot that goes into it and it's a lot of it is just uh, earlier in the week that people don't see you know, we, we get ready for, you know, Sunday's game, then you guys are going to stay in Florida for the week. But, you know, starting with that game in New Orleans, I mean, you look at, at their defense, and, and Cam Jordan, I think, is the one that everyone comes to mind, a guy who's been uber successful in the league for a really, really long time. Like, from your point of view, a guy who's, who's in literally the middle of everything, like, how do you kind of, uh, you know, understand where, where Cam is, what he's trying to be about, while also doing your, like, it just feels like, especially for a guy in your position, there's so many things that have to be running through your mind when you have kind of an elite edge guy coming out, coming after you there. 
Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, Cam Jordan's a great player. We're we're just super excited for the opportunity. We as a as an old line, you want to play against the best. You know, you want to practice against the best. That's that's our mentality going into it. So we're super excited for the opportunity. It feels like every week, you know, you have mm-hmm. you have another guy that's you know this name, you know, with this stat or this, you know what I mean. So, like I said, we're just excited for the opportunity. We're ready to get after it. And, and it's crazy, too, because you're not that much younger than me, but it, it's wild to think that it feels like every team in the NFL now has multiple dudes who can get after the quarterback no in a record game. Like, when, when we were kids, like, you're like, oh, there's 10 guys in the league, or, oh, there's 12 guys in the league that, you know, hey, these are this is like kind of the creme de la creme, but it seems like every team yeah. just cycles in dogs, dude. <laughs> it's unreal. No doubt, man. It's, it's crazy how much the game has developed and changed with – with everything, and I, I feel like it's really like, especially on the defense line. You know, these are some of the best athletes in the world, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and what they're doing. You know, and so it, you know, it's, it makes it super fun, and, and it's a challenge, and that's I think that's what's what's the funnest part about it. And don't sell you guys, you know, short too much. I mean, I, I always <laughs> say like the, the offensive linemen, like when my buddies are like, oh, like who do you think is like the best athlete on, on this team or whatever? I'm like, dude, don't sleep on on the offensive linemen and the defensive tackles. Yeah. Because <laughs> the big the big fellas that are nimble, that can run, that can get out in space, like it's one thing if you see, you know, Hunter Renfro out there running, you know, a 4-4 or whatever, but then it's another to see a big dude who's like 360 pounds, like, oh, this guy's, this guy's cooking. <laughs> yeah, moving. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I mean, that's just another way I feel like the game has, has changed in such a, mm. such a crazy way. It's like you look back maybe 10 years ago and it's, you got dudes who are 350, 360, you're not, not as mobile, not as mobile as a lot of the guys who are now, and it's you know it's just changed a lot. And it's it's cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And it's the one thing; it's the constant, right? The only change, the only constant is change. Things are always going to change. People are going to evolve. Concepts are going to evolve. Themes, et cetera, et cetera. But before we get you out here, we we brought up the fact that you guys are staying in Florida for the week, not doing that that long flight back here to fly back to Jacksonville the weekend following. Just coming from a like a player recovery uh, sense, like how valuable is it to be like, hey, we're only getting on one long trip. Uh, and then we're going to be set up in Florida, and then hopefully making another long trip back. You know, after a, after a good Sunday in two weeks. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It's, uh, um, I'm really excited for it. It's uh, it's a good opportunity for us to you know get our bodies back under us, uh, staying on the East Coast. So uh, never been to Sarasota before. So excited to go you know spend some time in the beach on when I get a little off time. But uh, yeah, it, from a getting a recovery aspect from mm-hmm. it, it, it's important because those. Especially after game and those those plane trips, you know, take a toll on your body. Yeah, I mean, if they take a toll on the average Joe's body like me, like <laughs> I'm not going, I'm not playing 85 snaps and, and going toe to toe with some of the best guys in the league. But yeah, it'll be exciting to see you guys have a chance to, like you said, rest, recover, uh, take advantage of the time in Florida, and we're not, you know, going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, but no uh, before that. Business to handle in New Orleans, one day at a time, one week at a time. So best of luck on Sunday, man. Uh, safe travels out to there. And then Florida, and we'll catch up with you soon. All right, bro? Yeah, thank you so much, man. And a huge thank you to Andre James for coming to hang out with us. And like I said, man, really at, at the top, you know, I, I referenced this, where I think that when you look at kind of unsung heroes, air quotes, uh, for what the Raiders have done offensively in 2022, I think Andre is at the at the very top of that list. I would include Mac Collins in that list too, but I think that Mac is, is also having his moment in the sun, a very deserved moment in the sun. So we're talking about unsung heroes. I say Colt Miller, Andre James, those are my guys. Well, like I said, the Raiders are, are now getting ready to take on the New Orleans Saints. They will fly to Louisiana tomorrow afternoon after practice. And as was and what's become kind of one of my more uh, my fun little things to do each week as, I, as I'm scripting out the show, the Raiders will win if. And this week, like I said, Raiders go into a tough environment. 
going to a real tough place to play down there in New Orleans. An incredibly spirited group of, uh, of fans, people that are going to make life miserable for the Raiders in terms of the noise and the celebration and the excitement and all that. But after going through the numbers and, and kind of thinking back about everything that we've seen when the Raiders have been successful in 2022, I'm going to say this. The Raiders are going to win if they win and take advantage, or excuse me, I should say, win the turnover battle and take advantage. Because something's got to give Sunday in New Orleans. You look at the Saints offense, and they are, I don't want to say they've lead the league, but they have given the ball away more than any offense in 2022. Saints offense has 16 giveaways. That is dead last in the NFL. On the other side of things, the Raiders only have four takeaways defensively. That is tied for 31st in the NFL. So something's got to give. The Saints offense, even with Andy, Andy Dalton under center, they are going to give, statistically speaking, the Raiders, chances, the Raiders defense chances to make plays. Will the Raiders take advantage of those chances is what we're going to have to see. And when I say take advantage of those chances, I don't mean simply just interceptions. I don't mean forced fumbles and fumble recoveries. I mean turning those into points. Right. Because, you know, certainly if you if you pick off a ball and, and you know, you can't turn into points, it's not great. Certainly not the end of the world because you've kept the, the opposition off the scoreboard as well. But if you can really have those big momentum, you know, momentum plays, the Max Crosby scoop and score, the Trayvon Merrick pick six, the the Chandler Jones force fumble that Denzel Perryman returns to the four and Josh Jacobs punches it in from uh, from four yards out. Now you have not only big momentum plays, but now you're taking advantage and your defense is putting up points, right? So if the Raiders can win the turnover battle and take advantage of those chances, I like where they stand going into Sunday. Because Josh, like I said, we have talked so much about Josh Jacobs and for good reason, but he's in the zone right now, man. It's like, you know, when you see a, you know, a, a shooter in, in basketball get hot and you're like, yo, just get out of his way. Let the man work. Let him do his thing. I think that is what we are seeing in, in, uh, in terms of what Josh is bringing to the table right now. And I think for a lot of us, we just got to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Because this dude is, uh, is a difference maker. He is playing an incredible brand of football. And I'm really excited to see what he does this upcoming Sunday. And speaking of Josh Jacobs, we're going to crack an ice cold one for him. For really all the reasons that we've listed off. I mean, you look at what he did, like we talked about on Sunday, finds the end zone three times, carries the ball 20 times for 143 yards. All the historic kind of stats, the, the historic company that Josh finds himself in now. I mean, the guy's, the guy's incredible, right? He is playing a fantastic, you know, fantastic brand of football. Not only that, I think that, you know, we, he has been asked so much. And, and to be fair, I think he's been asked too much as of late, about the fifth-year option situation. This is something that happened in, in April, right? It's happened in the spring, and he's still getting asked about it. And I get it. I, I understand that that's part of the narrative surrounding Josh in 2022. I really do. But the fact that he has handled all of those questions with dignity, with grace, with respect, the fact that he has kept such a level head on him, the fact that he has kept his head down and just gone to work and is now you know, kind of in that upper echelon of backs in 2022, to be commended, 100%. Josh is doing the damn thing. Like I said, he has been the engine that has made this Raiders offense go in 2022. And for that and myriad other reason, reasons, Josh, 
this one is for you. So, friendly reminder, the Raiders play bright and early on Sunday in New Orleans. Kickoff is scheduled for 10 o'clock a.m. Shameless plug alert, hang out with me and our man Jason Fitz. Fitz is back in the fifth quarter uh, following the game, and it'll be an early fifth quarter. It'll be like a, like a dinner time, like a happy hour type of fifth quarter because we play so early. We'll probably get in the lab around 2, 2.30, somewhere around there. So, yeah, make, make sure that you, you download, you subscribe, all that good stuff so you can uh, make sure that you don't miss anything. Per usual, subscribe to not only this feed, the Upon Further Review feed, wherever you get your podcast, but make sure you subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network feed as well so that way you get everything that we do. You won't miss anything, whether it's me, our man Lincoln Kennedy, Fitz, Will Compton, Bryce Butler, who's coming back in a couple weeks, all the press conferences, all that good stuff. You don't want to miss any of it. So just go subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network and you got no excuses. It'll be right there on your phone. So until next week, Freddie Pascal, our guest, Andre James, uh, my man Ray on the ones and twos, Alexandra and everyone else back in the control room. Thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And we will catch you guys same place, same time next week for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first.